0: I really like Mario Morello and his ministry. I just, there's, I just have a high respect for him. And when he was in Council Bluffs a couple of weeks ago, he told a story. And he told the same story this week on Flashpoint. And he talked about growing up in the inner city. I think he grew up in the Oakland, San Francisco area where it was rough. And he was talking about that and how people needed to sometimes understand that lifestyle. And the story he told, I'm sure most of you have heard it if you've listened to him, was that when the fight starts, it isn't the kid that walks up to you and says something about your mama that starts the fight. It's the kid standing behind you that hears him say something about your mama and then he goes, whoo! You know, and that just it's enough to get it going and like I said I just relate to Mario it's because I grew up in the inner city the <laughs> I grew up in inner city Monroe Ron understands he grew up in inner city Platte Center and and they get it and if you go through Monroe inner city Monroe is the tavern you've heard me talk about the tavern in Monroe And at the tavern in Monroe back in the 60s, a fight was a good thing. There was nothing that created much more excitement or entertainment or fun than a good Saturday night fist fight at the tavern in Monroe. Or on the schoolyard. My dad would come pick me up early after school, just waiting to see if some of the fight would break out as soon as the kids got out of school, and usually it did. And then... Mary Jane can attest to this. When my dad lived at the Meadows, he would intentionally go for a walk out along West Side School right when he knew recess was going on and absolutely he'd come running in and go, there's a great fight today. So I didn't grow up in this era of political correctness when a fight was a bad thing. A fight sometimes was a good thing and it was enjoyed by all. And... So, yeah, I grew up. A fight was a good thing. You know, that was something fun. It was something. So, so when Mario talked about that, you know, and he talked about we need to find our fight. And what he's saying is, is true. We need to not just be passive. And, and we need to not just lay down and let evil prevail. But the thing is, this week I was really cranky for a couple days. I, <laughs> I hadn't felt well, and then things kind of got backed up that I didn't, and I was just frustrated. And I could have gone through the house and found a fight just like that. <laughs> I could have gone out in the street and found a fight just like I could have gone to Hy-Vee, Walmart, anywhere, because I was just in that mood. I would just, I could find a fight. And then I was sitting and praying, and it came to me. There's a difference between what Mario said, finding your fight, and finding a fight. And two things, when you find your fight, for one, the first thing is you've got to find it down here. You've got to find it. We've always told, talked about, I had this old aunt, and she was one of the most strong-willed people we ever knew. And she was basically not doing well. She was old, and we were leaving Monroe one day, and she called, and she'd fallen. And so Mike and I stopped out. She didn't get hurt, but she couldn't get up. i falling, I can't get up. And so we went out, and all we did was just lift her up and get her back in her chair. And we sat there with her for a while, and we said, now, Aunt Edna, are you going to be all right? And she she was, she, I had never seen her down in her life. And that night she was down. And she said, yeah, she says, I'm a little down, she said. But she says, you know, as soon as you leave, I'm going to have a little talk with myself. Sometimes we have to have that little talk with ourselves. we got to find that fight. So we got to find that fight in here. And then the other thing is you have to find your fight and this is what i can find myself doing there are so many frustrating things i can find lots of fights i can find lots of things to be ticked off about but i got to find my fight i can't go fight every fight out there i got to find the ones that god wants me to fight i got to and You know what, I can waste all my energy and frustration fighting all these fights that really probably don't matter much. And then I'm not, don't have the energy to fight the fight that I need to fight. And so we got to, and you say, well, what's that got to do with the offering? Nothing really. (laughs) With the Holy Spirit, which is what I've been talking about, is that's the thing about the Holy Spirit. When I pray more in tongues, I listen more to my spirit man. And so then I start fighting the fight of faith instead of fighting the fight of my flesh. And it empowers me to do that. And we can, when we can fight the fight of faith, whether you be discouraged and need to have a little talk with yourself or, you know, My dad always said he wasn't really a talker. He always said, if I hit them, they negotiate better when they're looking up at me. And most of the time, time he was was the youngest of eight boys and he knew how to fight. (laughs) Anyway, we have to be able to discern when it's our fight, when it's the time to fight, when to walk away from the fight, when it's not... We have to find our fight, what God wants us to fight, not by the flesh, but by faith. And we get that fight by praying in the Holy Spirit, by spending time. Sometimes it's just a fight to take time to sit still and listen to God. And that's the fight we have to find first. So this week, I just want to encourage you to find your fight. You know, I can find, it, it's easy for me, if I get angry at something, I'll do one of two things. Either I can stir it up, which when we had that women's self-defense class, a lot of times he had to find that he had to get the women stirred up enough to take a stand for themselves. With Bia and I, he had to teach us how to de-escalate. Okay? So, so sometimes you have to de-escalate. You don't want to fight that fight, that you know, and just... But then on the other hand, sometimes you need to speak up and say something. And you've got to find that fight. And because for me, sometimes I can just walk away murmuring under my breath when I really probably should have said something. But I need to find the fight of how to say it correctly. Anyway, so this week, find your fight. Find it by spending some time with God. Find it by building yourself up in your most holy faith praying in other tongues find your fight and then the other thing is too many times christians when they find a fight it's against other christians it's against the body of christ we need to be fighting against what's evil we need to be sticking together and fighting for one another so find your fight this week ushers you may go ahead and receive this morning's tithes and offerings
1: a fighter The thing is when we were first married she was very um she wouldn't speak up and I used to go down the road with her talk and I'd say what I do got to get the crowbar out and get it out of you Now she's the opposite which she needs to be but so many times when we start out you know we don't understand our gifting. And we need to, to get sharp and, and get in the word and get spend time with God and and uh everybody has a gift. And there's she needs to speak up. I've told her for years to speak up. So she is. Amen. Thank God you got a pastor's wife that'll speak the truth. Amen. Praise God. I want to just do a little commercial. How many of you get this devotional? Okay, how many of you didn't take time to use it. You know, you'd raise your, good. Um it's it's one of the finest devotionals I've ever had. And I it's to be honest many times it applies to the day, you know, or the week that you're dealing with. So take time to read that. Amen. I want to it seems like we we unhooked from what I was was sharing, you know, since Apostle Mike was here and we had communion, but I want to hook back up because we're talking about Christ in you. Say Christ in you. Our purpose was to help you, the believer, become more God inside minded. We said the things we allow to dominate our, th- our thoughts will shape our future. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. So what do you think about in 24 hours a day? You know What's on your mind? You and I must see ourselves through God's eyes. You and I must see ourselves through God's eyes. And too many of us have a past. We all have a past. And if you don't renew your mind to the Word of God, you're not going to be able to see yourself through God's eyes. And then I was thinking about this. You need to see others through God's eyes, too. We said, you and I must believe God's word and confess what his word says about our position in Christ. Never judge yourself by your weaknesses. Your past is not the right measuring stick. Too many people overvalue what they are not and undervalue what they really are. And who are we? We're the sons and daughters of the Most High God. Look in your Bible. This was the verse that we were using our text in Colossians chapter 1. The Apostle Paul says in verse 24, I now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church, of which I became a minister according to the stewardship from God, which was given to me for you to fulfill the word of God, the mystery, which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God will, to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. We said the revealed mystery of God is simply Christ living in you. When Paul uses the, uses the expression, in Christ, he's revealing to the believer... The new life he has now through his relationship with Christ. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. We said each believer is placed into the into Christ at the new birth. When you're born again. But he or she is in Christ as a seed. Say that, as a seed. And unless the spiritual roots of his being root themselves into the life of Christ or the Word of God, stability is impossible. you see a lot of unstable people? I This week, I've been working since March for a gentleman helping dispose of his estate. And we just had this second uh, sale. And um, it's been a lot of work. I enjoy, I really truly love people. I don't. I don't like religious people, though. I'll just be honest with you. I'd rather have you bring a sinner to church than some religious individual. And I I talked about we need to see others, see see ourselves through God's eyes, but we need to see others through God's eyes. And so doing this sale, I mean, it's been a phenomenal thing, and and I've seen the hand of God in this for this gentleman, and, and it's been a privilege to serve him. I like to serve. But a lot of people from all walks of life came. I had one old man come. And I had a couch. I brought it out. It was heavy. I put $20 on it. Well, he said I bought, he bought it. And he, but he was kind of crippled. And he says, could you bring it to my house? And so I had to get Caleb. And uh, take that couch and haul it all the way down the yard and in the house for $20. Well... Long story short, he says, I used to go to a, this church, certain church here in town. He says, I don't go there anymore. He says, it's too loud. He says, i got to turn my hearing aid down. And I looked at him. I said, he said, maybe I'll come to your church. I said, don't bother. I did. Don't bother. It's, it's too loud. I said, it's louder than that other church. And he looked at me like I slapped him. And he, I knew he had Jesus in his heart, and that's the main thing. But all he would do is come and complain. Remember the Muppet show when the two guys sat in the corner? That's all they would have been. We don't have time for people like that. God bless them. They're going to go to heaven, but they're not going to come together and do kingdom business. And then I had a woman. If To me, she looked like she'd been on meth. And her mother was there. And these were the kind of people that come. And I just say, go here and go there. And they start making piles. And they come to me, how much? I said, a dollar, three dollars, free. And then when I said free, then they went back and they filled the truck once. And they came back and filled it again. And she got to talking to Kathy. And the thing that's been so good for me, because you can live in a Bubble people and think everything's hunky dory with with you and your little family. get outside your four walls and see what it's like out there the people that are hurting and she was she just acted like a like a an animal that had been kicked. Well, come to find out, she told Kathy, her husband had taken a gun and she got in her car and killed himself. Her trailer burned down. And she broke her back in a car accident. And she came on the porch. And she said, would you pray for me? And I said, yeah, I'll pray for you. And I prayed for her and her family. And her her grand, her I don't remember, her daughter showed up with some other gal. And I thought, oh, my God, there's going to be a fight. I was coming to come get you. Because I stepped back. I didn't want to get between two women, Ron. It just wouldn't have been fun. And the F-bombs were flying, and it was escalating. And finally, it de-escalated, and the two girls walked away. And the the one gal came up that her trailer had burned down, and she said, that's my daughter, and da-da-da-da-da. I thought, what a mess. But there's so many hurting people. Get outside your four walls, folks. Don't be afraid to pray for somebody. There's a woman walks by... Courtney's smiling. And since I started walking, she walks by, and then she'll talk. And one day she walked by, and the guy I was working for was outside, an 84-year-old man, and she says, I'm going to get a gun and shoot you in the head. I thought, okay. <laughs> she walks on, and pretty soon she'll walk by and say, oh, it's a nice day. And so I try to, I'm not afraid of her. I just talk to her. I thought, she's dementia or she's got Alzheimer's. Well, come to find out, she'd been in surgery and the doctor did something wrong and she didn't get the oxygen and it affected her brain. Now she's just a walking zombie. The police brought her, one day brought her back home, she'd walk downtown. There's so many hurting people. Do you see that? The Spirit of God wants you to know how many hurting people are out there. The preachers aren't going to reach them. You are. You can run from them and pretend they're not there and go inside the comfort of your home and close the door. But that's not what the Spirit of God wants you to do. You've got to reach out to people, minister to them, and and love on them. Amen? God's will for you and I, we're talking about being in Christ. We're talking about growing spiritually. We're talking about bearing fruit, reaching people, using our gifts. But God's will for you and I is to bear fruit. Bottom line. If you don't remember anything I say today, remember the lady story about going back and forth. Remember, get into your fight. Get the right fight. But remember, God wants you to produce fruit. He wants you to bear fruit for the Father. Because that brings joy to the Father when you produce fruit. Rick Renner said this, and I wrote this down. The moment you received Jesus as your Savior by faith, God sowed his spirit and word into your heart like a seed. Say, like a seed. And you were spiritually born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. And just like apples produce apples, oranges produce oranges, God's seed inside you immediately begins to produce but you're responsible, and I'm responsible for producing God. It's in there. It's a seed. And you know there are people, there are cemeteries full of well-meaning Christians that never developed God on the inside. The seed remained dormant. It didn't grow. They didn't produce fruit. And yes, they made it to heaven. But there will not be the rewards for them that there will be for those that develop the seed on the inside in Christ. In Him we live and move and have our being. In Him we live and move and have our being. Fruit is the product of life. Say that. Fruit is the product of life. If you're not producing fruit as a Christian, there's no life in you. Our little life is just a seed. And I refuse to pastor a church full of seeds that have not been developed and not producing fruit. What do you want to be, a fruit producer? I do. Amen? Now, listen to these scriptures. We said fruit is the product of life. Here's some scriptural mandates. Let me look at my clock here. Because Micah said I can only go for 20 minutes today. All right, we're okay. Genesis 128 says, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Who said that? God the Father. Genesis 8, referring to Noah. Be fruitful and multiply on the earth. Genesis 17, Abraham. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. God wants to bless us exceedingly abundantly above all that we might ask or think. Look at Psalm 92. Turn there for me because I want you to see. This This is one of my favorite scriptures as, as a pastor. Psalm 92. We're talking about growing up, folks. We're talking about producing fruit, developing that seed on the inside of you. Psalm 92. The righteous, verse 12, shall flourish like a palm tree. Are you the righteousness of God in Christ? Then, then you need to realize he wants you and I to flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. So it's just bottom line here. A Christian should flourish and he should what? Grow. Grow. Those who are are you there? Verse 13. Those who are planted say planted planted in the house of the Lord shall Flourish in the courts of our God, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing to declare that the Lord is upright, He's my rock, and there's no unrighteousness in Him. They shall still bear fruit in old age. I'm getting older, but you know what? God still wants me to bear fruit. The Apostle Paul in Colossians 1 verse 10 says, this was his prayer, that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, bear it, being fruitful in every good work. So whatever you set your hand to, whatever I set my hand to, it should produce fruit. And if you're not producing fruit, then you need to go back and do a checkup on your heart, whether you're being obedient to God you got to do that. Galatians 5:22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So do you think the Father wants you and I to bear fruit? Yes, for sure. Look at uh, John 15. John 15. This is a great great chapter. This is Jesus. Verse 1 says, I'm the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit. He what? Takes away. Got any areas in your life? That he needs to take away. is it just me? We all do. I realized for a long time my heart wasn't moved for people that were in need. That woman could walk by and big deal. She's got Alzheimer's and walk away. But when you truly find out someone's past, then you have more compassion. And I I believe this. God God is softening my heart. Not that it's really hard, but to be able to see the needs that are out there. And he's doing that for you too. Amen? He takes away, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes. Ever felt like you were pruned? Do you realize if you'd come to church with an open heart and a a mind ready to receive the Word of God, the pruning process will take place if you'll heed it? But if you don't, then the preacher's got to get the snippers out. Then you hate the preacher. But did you ever think maybe God's speaking through the preacher? Because you've refused to do, let, allow the Spirit of God to do any pruning in your life. You're rebelling. You're being disobedient. And then, then it's no fun. I told, I told uh, uh, Brian, I said, do you want to change positions? I'd take, be a taxidermist and you can be the preacher. Some days I feel like that, but I know I'm called and I'm not going to quit. But, you know, some of you can be frustrating. But I love you. But I'm telling you something right now, and I hope you're sitting up straight and you're listening. You better be open to what the Spirit of God is saying now to the church. And if you're in disobedience and rebellion in any area of your life, you better deal with it now. If you won't examine your own heart and make the adjustments and changes, then it's going to be a lot tougher in the days ahead for you. And this applies to everyone in this room. We're coming down to the wire, folks. And we're going to find out if you truly believe. I'm not a pseudo-Christian. Are you? Serious time. Serious time. Where was I? Verse 5. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So you need to abide. Let's say it this way. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in the word. Isn't he the word? He who abides in the word, and I in him, or the word abides in him, bears much fruit. We're talking about not remaining a seed, but putting roots down and growing up and bearing fruit. For without the word, you can do nothing. Boy, that is so... Just that script. For without the word, you can't do anything in this life. You and I can't be successful in this life without the word. If anyone does not abide in the word, does abide mean just come and go? Means put some roots down. He is cast out as a branch and is withered and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in the word and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you by this, by this. Now, listen, he said all that. To say this, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you'll abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. How many times have we heard the word abide? These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you that... Your joy may be full. These are the results of abiding in the word. Or developing that seed on the inside of you, that life. Your prayers are going to be effective, verse 7. God will be glorified when you bear fruit, verse 8. It'll prove you really are a disciple of Christ, verse 8. And in verse 9 through 11, your love and your joy will be full. That's why you and I have to develop on the inside. We have to take that seed and get into the Word of God and get planted in the church. It's those that are planted in the church in the days ahead. Well, I just don't don't understand everything. Well... There's going to be people coming from all different backgrounds and denominations. And and they're not going to understand everything. We'll do our best to teach them. But you've got to stay open-minded. Don't don't close your mind to some things. Keep your ears open to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. So it it pays to to put your roots down. It, It pays to live in this book. Amen? Now... How's your hearing? How's your hearing? You know, I had people yesterday they couldn't hear. Like the old boy said he had he had turned his hearing aid down in this other church he went to because it was too loud. You know, trouble hearing. The guy I'm working for can't hear, you know. So you got to yell a little louder. You remember the parable of the sow the sower in in Mark 4 in verse 20? The Amplified, it says, And those sown on the good soil and the ones who hear the word, say hear the word, and receive and accept and welcome it. Say receive, say accept, and welcome it, and bear fruit, some 30 times as much as was sown, some 60 times as much, and some even 100 times as much. So it's important that you just don't. Really. Hear the word, but there's other things you need to receive it, accept it, you need esteem it highly. Verse 24 says, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue and knowledge that comes back to you and more besides will be given to you who hear. In my, in my Bible it says this. It says, Jesus appeals for spiritual perception. Those who receive and assimilate truth will have their capacity for understanding enlarged. So if you will take this book every day, and I realize we're all busy people, last few days I really haven't been in the Word because I've been really working. But I can tell, can't you tell when you haven't been in the Word? But if you'll take this book and you'll, and you'll esteem it highly, do the best that you can every day, it's going to make a difference in your life. And God's going to look down and say, boy, they're really making an effort. They're, they're getting in my book. They're getting in prayer. They're, they're getting in fellowship with other believers. They're getting planted in the local church. He's going to bless you even more. Your capacity for understanding things will be enlarged. But if you make up your mind, you're not going to grow. You're not going to develop the seed on the inside. You can show up here every Sunday and fill a chair and hear what I have to say. It isn't going to do you any good. You're going to be left behind. Amen? It, he, you and I have to make this word a priority. Now, let me read to you. Let's, let's go one more scripture and I'll stop. Jeremiah 17. Jeremiah chapter 17. Well, hold your finger. I, I lied to you. Hold your finger in that and turn to Psalm 1, and I'll combine them, and then we'll quit. Psalm 1 says Blessed is the man or woman who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the what? The law of the Lord, and in his law, he meditates day and night. Well, if you do that, you esteem the word highly. He shall be like a tree, say like a tree, planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season. His lease shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind drives away Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. That's about the godly versus the ungodly. That's about fruit-bearing believers versus dust in the wind. I should have cued that song. All we are is dust in the wind. What are you, dust in the wind? Are you a believer that's bearing fruit? Now look at Jeremiah This really ties together in Jeremiah 17. It says, verse 7, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters. Planted by the waters. See, when you're in the Word, you're planted by the waters. When you're in the church and the Word of God is being proclaimed, you're planted by the waters. Which spreads out its what? Roots. By the river. And will not fear when he comes, but its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the year of drought nor will cease from yielding fruit. We're talking about producing fruit. So it doesn't make any difference what, what you're going through right now. If there's, if you're going through a storm and there's, there's storms on the horizon, there's no doubt we're, we're going to see some things in the days ahead. But if you're planted in the word, you're planted in the local church, You're hooking up with believers of like faith. We can make it. And we're not only going to survive, we're going to thrive. We're going to grow and increase and experience the blessings of God. While other Christians, it's just like Noah's Ark. They had salvation in Jesus. They shut the door, but the flood came. Took them away. I'm not going to be taken away. I'm staying hooked up in the word. I'm staying hooked up in the church. Getting planted. Amen. Jesus appeals for spiritual perception. Why don't you stand up? Those who receive and assimilate truth. Those who receive and assimilate truth will have their capacity for understanding enlarged and their knowledge increased. Those who disbelieve are are, they're indifferent, will lose whatever ability for understanding they had, and therefore will continue in ignorance. I believe we're going to stop there. I, I believe you've made a decision you're not going to stay ignorant. You want to grow. You want to develop that seed on the inside of you. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word today. I thank you The people before me are planted in the in the word. And Lord, they're allowing the Holy Spirit to do some pruning. They're not resisting that. And as a result, they're going to bear more fruit in the days ahead. I thank you, Lord. They're not only planted in the word, but Lord, they made a decision to get planted in the church with people that believe the same thing and have a mind and an attitude to do kingdom business. So, Holy Spirit, we continue to thank you for helping us to grow spiritually, individually and corporately in the days ahead. And if there be anything in my heart, Lord, that needs to be pruned, I allow you, Holy Spirit, to do that because I want to bear fruit. I want to grow spiritually. And so, Father, let that be the heart's cry of every believer here today in Jesus' name. We worship you, Lord. We honor your presence, Holy Spirit, this morning. We examine our hearts this morning. We put our trust in you and lean not to our own understanding this morning. Do a work, a deep work in all of our hearts I thank you for people, Lord, that are willing and obedient to grow in Christ in the days ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. I wanted to get into the root system, but we'll quit there. Is there anyone here today that you're sick in your body and you need prayer for your physical body? Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise your Lord Jesus. You know, what's the Bible say? Everyone say, I got hands. Say, I can lay hands on the sick, and they're going to recover. And they're going to bear fruit. Amen. So everyone here, just sickness or? Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, the name above infirmity, the name above any sickness or disease, I lay my hand on his hip, I speak to his hip, I thank you Lord for supernatural recovery in the name of Jesus, healing flow in the name of Jesus, for the healing is in the name, and we speak the name of Jesus today, we thank you Lord, oh you're a wonderful God, healing, healing God. We let it flow this morning in Jesus' name. Yes, ma'am. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that allergies are a curse of the law and she has been redeemed from the curse of the law. And we speak healing, health, and freedom to her sinuses. Congestion go and healing flow in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Well, you live with him. What do you expect? (laughs) a little humor, Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we take authority over all headaches, in Jesus' name, and we loose that healing anointing today. We say, headaches go, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Amen. Well, if I got anything today, I got it from her. Better have that attitude. Most of you do. If you don't, just have that person that does lay their hand on you and let that come on you. But remember, choose your fight. Be careful. Make sure you're led by the Spirit of God. Anything else? Prayer Wednesday night. Just be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. We never want to grieve you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I thank you, Lord, for your supernatural peace on everyone here today and their families. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. We're all learning. Amen. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Pick your kids up. Or are they here already? Or are they done?